Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction blog talk radio show founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. So good morning. Welcome to another wonderful Wednesday. And I am your host, Jackie Perry, CEO of J. Perry and Associates. And we are just so excited to bring you another episode of NABWIC Talks, our podcast. So we have a wonderful guest with us today. She's no stranger to NABWIC Talks. She's been on before. Uh, She's a financial expert, as we like to refer to her as. And we are just really excited about this morning's topic because every year, millions of people make New Year's resolutions, hoping to spark some positive change. And here we are in January, still pretty new in the year, and folks are really hoping that they'll keep their resolutions concerning exercise, maybe losing weight, maybe living life to the fullest, saving money, whatever it may be. But we have a special guest who's going to talk to us about a focus for the new year, especially for women. So I'm going to take a moment, and I'm just going to tell you a little bit about her, and we are going to dive right in. So our guest today is Tylene Henry. She's an entrepreneur. She's a powerful change agent, and she's a staunch advocate for socioeconomic parity. Colleen believes that her faith, her character, and mindset of abundance have been the foundation of her continued success. Colleen has been referred to as the follow-up queen as a result of her three Ps, professionalism, patience, and persistence in developing relationships and access to resources necessary to create positive impact on the communities she serves. In addition to being a mother and aunt, Tylee owns and operates a professional financial services practice and a strategic business consulting firm. She serves as the president of the NABWIC Detroit chapter, and she also serves on Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence's 
Women's Advisory Committee and is a longtime mentor and volunteer with the Wanda Walker Foundation. Those are just a few things about our guest, and we'll have her tell you a little bit more. But we just want to stop and welcome to Blog Talk, Colleen Henry. Good morning, Colleen. Good morning, Ms. Perry. Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year to you. Hey, it's exciting to be entering 2020. Yes, I am excited. I am encouraged and just so blessed to uh, have such a great community of women within NABWIC and my local community here uh, to start the year off uh, with a bang. Well, that is wonderful. And we are going to start this year off with a bang. We're starting the show off with a bang because I love the topic that we're going to be addressing today. And and that is about women and their financial position. And everybody has said this at one time or another, and I think people just know this by the nature of our, our character. But women, we tend to care for everybody else. And then we put ourselves last. But today, you're going to tell us why we should be selfish in this instance and put ourselves first, especially when it comes to our finances. So, Colleen, before we get into that, tell our audience a little bit more about you and your entrepreneurial journey. So you have your own uh, business consulting firm. You have a professional financial services practice. Why was it important for you to go into that particular field? Absolutely. So my personal, you know, mission and vision is to alleviate socioeconomic disparities. And I am confident that it is not just about having a lack of money. Um, It's lack of equitable access to ideas resources, and relationships. And so uh, in 2016, um, you know, I was, you know, working, and I found myself in a position where I felt that the value that I could bring um, would never truly be um, appreciated or really be able to be leveraged working for someone else, especially if you're working for someone or an organization that doesn't have mission and vision that's in alignment with yours. And um, I really prayed about it, and I was called to um, begin to help alleviate that socioeconomic gap. And, you know, it started with, um, you know, financial planning, so sitting down with people and helping them to document their goals, um, helping to empower them to make more informed financial decisions, helping them to make sure they had uh, proper insurance coverage and risk management, um, making sure they were aware of the compensation that they get from their employers and, you know, how that impacts their family, making sure they're fully leveraging it. Uh, And then I began to continue to meet with business owners. And as I continued to meet with business owners, I realized the value of businesses and the fact that many businesses don't make it through the second or third generation um, as a result of a lack of planning and access to those resources that would be needed to properly structure and and have succession plans. And so, you know, then I found myself in business consulting. And so 
really it's just been a matter of me identifying areas in which I can empower people or provide them with trusted uh, resources that they need um, so that they can position themselves, their families, and their businesses for sustainable and long-term success. Uh, and it, yes, that has to do with money and wealth management, but even more so, it's just our mindset. So it's those ideas, it's those relationships to the trusted CPA, you know, who now does your taxes as opposed to maybe your cousin that was doing it, you know, as you were growing up, growing up but now you've got a business and you have some different considerations and you require a different level of expertise. Um, and so that's, you know, how I got to this point, and I'm just um, so blessed. Uh, that God has given me the energy and spirit um, to be able to continue to do the work that I do. Well, thank you for that background. And I have to say I applaud your energy and your spirit because I've seen you in action. I've seen uh, some of the sage wisdom that you've been able to uh, share and impart to others. And it really has in their businesses. And so this morning, Pauline, we're going to ask you to share a little bit more of that sage wisdom. You're a young person, but you've got such wisdom, uh, particularly when it comes to this particular area. So I understand that uh, you've got five areas that you're going to be sharing with us uh, this morning, five reasons why we should be selfish when it comes to our finances. So you're going to talk to us a little bit about breaking the cycle of self-reliance, eliminating stress, being a little more emotional available, and there may be some others that you might want to talk about. So go ahead and just share with our audience. Just use this as a platform to just do what you do. Go ahead. Absolutely. So, you know, I think the title is a little misleading. Um, You know, I think it's really from my perspective, and many of us, we feel it's selfish to um, you know, have anything almost to ourselves. So I think one of the nature, kind of it's human nature, um, and I think even more so for women, that we want to take care of and nurture. And so, you know, our mothers did it for us. You know, we want to do it for our children. And so often, you know, we will sacrifice our own financial well-being um, because we want to you know, take care of our children or do what our mothers um, may have done for us. I think the challenge therein lies uh, the fact that, you know, the concept of a pension um, that many of our, you know, grandparents and some of our parents um, have, which is that, you know, consistent stream of income that they know they're going to have until they pass away in a lot of cases cases with uh, the old school pension, it doesn't exist anymore. And so it's really up to us to um, learn how we can best leverage our savings and investments um, to sustain us through our retirement years. And so, um, you know, we might think that it's selfish not to you know, give like our parent, our parents or our, our mothers may have given to us, but we really have to stop that cycle. Um, and in stopping that cycle of just kind of giving everything that we have, um, it's also empowering to our children. So at the same time as it may sound selfish, it could also be selfish for me, even if I had an unlimited supply of money to continue to provide for my children because they never learn how to provide or manage for themselves. 
Um, so that's one of the tips is really to, you know, kind of look at what are some ways to stop whatever the cycles are that are may exist in our families that even bring us to the point where we, you know, where it's a constant thing that the younger generation is relying upon, um, you know, their, their parents to take care of them. Um, you know, and that leads us into the fact that, you know, being self-reliant is actually a gift. Um, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with leaving a financial legacy for your children, um, but the best thing that you can do is to make sure that you're secure uh, for yourself. So many of us in the sandwich generation, um, you know, we may be taking care of children, we may be taking care of parents, um, you know, people are living longer and we're experiencing more of those long-term care events where, you know, our parents or grandparents may need some assistance with rehab after a fall or maybe they take ill and they need um, to be in a facility or they need someone to come into their home to care for them. And in that, you know, there's a lot of financial implications, and so that's why it's so important that we really take care of our finances and ensure that they're sound. That way we don't become a burden to our children or our family members you know, in the event we find ourselves, you know, up in age and not, you know, and have some sort of, you know, illness that causes us to need some care, that we have a plan and a strategy to address that care. Um, Jackie, do you know anyone in your family or anybody who has suffered a long-term care event and needed to be in a rehab facility? Has that ever impacted you or anyone that you care about? Well, it certainly has. In fact, uh, several years ago, I had a life-changing event where my brother had an illness that required that he have some some long-term care. And so initially, he actually had to come live with me, which was uh, certainly a change, a lifestyle change for us. So he lived with me, but then eventually we did have to put him in a rehabilitation facility for a long-term rehabilitation facility where he stayed until... He passed a couple of years ago. So, yeah, that and that can be a very uh, stressful time for uh, a family, and it does weigh on you financially as well. Absolutely. You know, there's the financial implications and then just the physical, you know, stress of trying to care um, for someone else and do what, you know, is in their best interest. And, you know, the best thing that we can do is to make sure that we make our own arrangements. I'm not saying everyone should run out and buy a long-term care policy, but what I am saying is that people should have a strategy. They should educate themselves on the statistics and the costs associated with long-term care and the impacts that that has on um, typically retirement savings and how long they're going to last. Um, and so having a strategy in play and knowing, you know, if I am to come into this situation that I need to access dollars for care, at least having some type of order of priority so that, you know, you can be able to make the best of what you do have. Um, and younger people really have an opportunity to, you know, do a little bit more strategic planning and that they've got a longer time um, to develop some resources that could be leveraged for those types of events. So um, definitely um, self-reliance is a gift. And then one of the piece, other pieces is, you know, when we have our own financial well-being and success address, typically um, we don't have as much stress 
and, and that helps us to enjoy a better quality of life. Um, you know, it's it's tough thinking about how am I going to pay this, how am I going to pay that. Um, you know, got this bill collector calling. You know, I'm I don't have enough money to retire. I'm going to be working till the day I die, and then don't don't slip and fall, and you can't go to work. So it's very important that. Um, you know, we take the steps that we can take to secure ourselves financially and understand that it's a journey. You know, most people, most Americans don't wake up one day and they've got, you know, all of their financial considerations addressed. But if we don't, um, you know, make sure that we do an inventory. So it's 2020, it's January. If, if you haven't already, I would strongly recommend that you review um, what were your financial goals going into 2019? You know, what areas were you successful in? Um, what areas did you kind of lead to the wayside? And, you know, what? how have your financial priorities changed? And sometimes just looking at those items can help better position you um, to have more peace of mind about the progress that you're making financially um, and be encouraged about, you know, taking action to ensure that the goals that you establish for yourself can in time become reality. Um, and so I definitely think taking inventory and being really clear about, you know, what things were great last year and what things could have been better. Um, I don't care if it was just that you said, hey, I'm not going to buy lunch, you know, at work, I'm going to bring my lunch. You know, if you were able to do that more often than you were doing it the year before, then I would count that as a win. Um, and so just making those incremental steps and, and updating and changing, reviewing and uh, adjusting our habits and creating ones that are going to be in alignment with us, being able to live the lifestyle that we want to live and have that peace of mind, um, those are definitely opportunities to make sure that you've got more peace of mind. And I'll also ask, so Jackie, was, did you have any major financial goals that you would feel, you know, want to share or anything that you felt was a victory for 2019 that you wanted to accomplish that you feel like you did or made progress on? Yes, I do, Colleen. I, I was very happy that we were able to meet a part of our objectives as far as our income was concerned. So, uh, we made some changes in our business model, and we're not sure how that would impact us in terms of revenue. But we did set a budget. We, you know, had some targets, and uh, so when we finally got a chance to look at the end of the year, our budget versus actual, we actually exceeded our targets, and so we were very pleased with that. And of course, uh, that was motivation to set some more challenging targets for 2020. And so we were able to to do that. And so that was uh, certainly motivating uh, to us. And uh, Tylene, before you actually talk about the the other two areas, uh, we're going to stop and just pause for a brief commercial. And we want to let our listeners know that we've got a really important event that's coming up nationally for the National Association of Black Women in Construction, and that is our 2020 annual meeting where you can meet some women from all over the country and women like Tylene Henry and women who have businesses like Tylene, uh, businesses in uh, construction-related trades and all the associated trades are uh, venues that support women in construction. And so we will be right back after this commercial. 
the National Association of Black Women in Construction invites you to join us for our 2020 annual meeting, scheduled for Atlanta, Georgia at the Embassy Suites Hotel at the airport, January 22 to 25. We'll kick off a fabulous party on January 22 with NABWIC's annual reception, a free event designed to provide networking and business opportunities for all our members and stakeholders. On Thursday, you'll have an opportunity to join the conversation and help build strategic direction and goals for NABWIC during a strategic planning meeting. On Friday, join us for food, fun, and contracts at the Billion Dollar Luncheon and learn about transportation contracting opportunities. We'll end the week on Saturday. On Saturday, you'll have an opportunity to join NABWIC's Investment Club and learn how to make better and wiser investments. Join us on January 25 from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. and learn how you can use the principles of better investing to generate and maximize investments. Get ready for Vision 2020 and join NABWIC January 22 to 25 for one or more of these impactful events. For more information, visit our website at nabwic.org and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash nabwic. Remember, we are the voice of black women in construction. Well, thank you for listening, and we are back. We are talking with Tyleen Henry, who is a financial uh, service practitioner, if I'm saying that correctly, and has her own strategic business consulting firm. And she has been sharing with us five reasons why women should be selfish financially. And so we've already talked about uh, three of those, uh, breaking the cycle, uh, being self-reliant, those things that uh, actually do require a, a mind change, a change in our mindset. And then she talked about the benefit of us doing that, that it it causes less stress in our lives. So, Tyling, we're really interested to hear about those other two. So uh, I'm okay. going to go ahead and turn it back over to you. Awesome. And I want to congratulate you um, regarding your success for 2019. Um, I heard some really awesome things from you about how you set some targets, um, how you reviewed your business model, and how you experienced success. And um, I think that is so inspirational, and I'm so glad that you shared that um, because many of us small business owners are so busy working in the business that we don't necessarily look at working on our business. And it really takes taking a step back to review our strategies and to identify, you know, some specific goals and targets um, that we can really begin to see the success and growth of our business. So I just want to really acknowledge and congratulate you um, for, for, for that accomplishment and as well, you know, let you know how inspired I am to hear of your success. Well, thank you, Colleen. Appreciate that. Yep, and that that really leads me into the next piece of, you know, being more emotionally available. You know, I feel very confident saying that it's probably very likely that as you were going throughout the year and seeing how you were tracking towards some of those goals, you you probably had less stress on those areas.
areas because you had a means of knowing how you were tracking. It, some people don't do the strategy. They don't um, do the assessment because they don't want to know, right? Um, so I can only imagine the peace of mind that you had um, as you're progressing dur during the year. You've got some specific goals, and, and you're approaching and, and exceeding those targets. Would you say that you, you know, felt that you, you had a different level of peace of mind um, knowing that in the forefront that you are tracking towards some specific goals and, and experiencing success? Absolutely. Uh, number one, it gave uh, not only me, but it gave all of us, uh, my team I'm referring to, a great deal of focus. Uh, it gave us uh, some fun challenges that we, because again, we had some uh, nice competition there, you know, to see who could reach uh, goals in particular areas, you know, especially as we approach the end of the year. So it provided some challenge, it provided focus, and uh, it did provide some, some peace of mind when, again, we knew that we were tracking positively towards, uh, you know, our target. So, yeah, everybody felt good. And plus, everybody was really excited about uh, the reward that would come at the end of the year. So, you know, that made it fun, even more fun. Awesome. Good for you guys, and congrats to your entire team. And I will say this piece specifically geared towards uh, the business owners that are out there. Um, you know, take note of what Jackie has shared about her business and how she engaged her team and how not only did it give her more peace of mind that she was tracking towards those goals, but it not o and not only did it give her team more peace of mind, but it was also motivation. It was also a sense of, um, you know, encouragement and enthusiasm for the team, and that's so important, if, especially if you're growing your business, um, because small businesses typically are reliant upon a smaller number of people to a, to do a greater number of, of of things in order to be successful. So to be able to, you know, uh, bring your team together and lead your team in such a way that people were encouraged and inspired to perform. Um, and having that peace of mind, you know, that is the next piece for business owners is just understanding that, you know, financial well-being and success for the business owner is critical, but it's just as critical for the people that are supporting your operations because, you know, research shows that people who have more financial peace of mind or well-being and success, they're performing better at work because they're focused on their jobs and not worried about how they're going to pay for gas or you know, pay for their auto insurance. Um, so having those resources for your employees, even as a small business owner, um, can be a definite benefit um, to your staff and a benefit to the growth of your business because you're providing, um, you know, a means to an end of having, you know, confidence around one's financial situation. The last topic um, is the fact that you need more say. So as women, um, we typically live longer, and we need to have more money um, because, in general, we earn less. Now, the fortunate thing is that 
as business owners, we typically have a little bit more say um, in, you know, our our earnings. You know, we may, as women, a lot of the women in construction space, we may, you know, have to kind of elbow and jock for position to get a seat at the table. But typically, once we get that seat at the table, um, being in a position of being a business owner, we have a little bit more leverage in, you know, our personal com- compensation. Um, but I would definitely say for, you know, our, our sisters that are in corporate America, our sisters that have various other um, career paths, that it's very important that we are aware that we have to save more because we're living longer and we typically earn less. Um, and it's also very important to understand that, you know, we can make all the money in the world and we can reach every financial target, but if we don't have a strategy in play um, to make sure that we are covering our risk, to make sure that we are addressing any tax um, concerns or opportunities to save from a tax standpoint when we look at income taxes as individuals and business owners. Um, And so that's why strategy is key, um, and and that's why I really love this this article about the five, you know, five areas in which it's okay to be selfish because um, you really do have to put your own mask on first Um, when it comes to your personal finances and your business finances, um, because your success means that you, you know, typically have the opportunity to make sure that you're not a burden to your family members, um, you know, at the time that you may get to an age where you need some additional support. But then even furthermore, as a business owner, um, the more financially sound and secure you and your business are, um, typically the more financially secure and sound those that are supporting you, you know, on your team and, and the people that you're hiring and the, the folks that you're doing business with can be. Um, and so I just really loved um, the way that this uh, article points out um, the different areas in which each one, you know, it sounds selfish at the start, but it really does come through, you know, once you get through that particular point with an area that's really a benefit to, you know, the family and the people that are stakeholders in your life or your business. Um, and so I hope that um, folks find um, find those topics to be relevant and meaningful, um, and I hope that people will take um, the call to action to really take a look at 2019 and, and identify those areas of success because we wouldn't be here if we didn't have some success, and I think oftentimes we don't take the time to look at what we did right. We only focus on what we did wrong. Look at the things that you got right, and then look at the next things that are priorities for 2020, and you're not going to get to every single thing. You know, if you have 10 financial goals that you want to achieve and you focus on all 10, you may not get any of them done. But if, let's say, you curve that down and you focus on the top three, and you've got a strategy in place for the balance of the seven, you know, your likelihood of experiencing success um, and, you know, being able to feel more confident around your progress and your overall financial well-being and success are going to be significantly increased. So um, I really am excited for 2020 for myself, you know, even being, you know, in in a role in which being a financial services professional, um, being a business consultant, I have the same challenges as a business owner that any other uh, business owner, small business owner may have. Um, you know, it, it may be cash flow, 
Um, it may be, um, you know, sales and your sales cycle and having a process in place. You know, the, the same challenges I have, I just would say that the benefit that I have is the professional relationships that, you know, I have a CPA that I can call on that I know is knowledgeable and is an expert and they can help me through, you know, challenges that I, I may have with accounting for the business. So, um, you know, having that team of professionals that you can trust um, is very important, and making sure that you have a plan and a strategy is important as well. Well, thank you, Tylene. This has been really, really wonderful. I mean, a lot of key nuggets, a lot of information that we can really take and chew on and really think about, not just think about, though, but also implement doing uh, 2020. And it has been said that it's worth it if you take care of yourself, because when you can take care of yourself and you're in a, a healthy and solid position, then you're more than able to take care of others. And so Absolutely. that's the risk of what Pauline is trying to get across to us today. So she gave us five reasons now why we, particularly as women, uh, should be Focus and we should be selfish financially. So it's a positive thing because when we are, then we are able to uh, break the cycle. We're able to receive our gift of self-reliance, operate with more stress, be more emotionally available to the people around us. That's our employees, our partners, and our families. And then, again, we have... Uh, the financial fortitude to move forward with supporting the life that lies ahead of us. And so, Tylene, thank you so much for sharing all of that information with us. And we just want our listeners to know that we can, you can hear or read more about the five, these five reasons uh, in a newsletter that's going to be coming out. So we'll have that link attached to this blog talk segment. So we want you to uh, tune in more for that. But, Tylene, if our listeners out there do have questions or perhaps they just want to interact with you in some way, uh, how do they get a hold of you? Um, I have a website, which is www.tyleneHenry.com, and I can also be reached uh, at 248-980-5498. Again, that's Two four eight nine eight zero five four nine eight. Oh, all right. And Tylene, will you also be attending the annual meeting coming up in a couple of weeks? I wouldn't miss it. I am okay. so looking forward to connecting with you, wonderful ladies in Atlanta. All right. Well, there you have it too. There's another opportunity to connect with Tylene Henry. So uh, she'll be at our annual meeting that's taking place uh, at the uh, Embassy Suites Airport Hotel in Atlanta, Georgia, from January 22nd all the way through Saturday, January 25th. So hopefully you can make one or more of those days, but you'll meet uh, Tylene Henry there along with other professional women. So we want to say thank you so much for tuning in to NABWIC Talks, our blog talk radio, and we'll be back again on next Wednesday, same time, 8.30 a.m. So have a wonderful Wednesday.
This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.